High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. And you're very welcome back to High Noon with Kira Kelly here filling in for George today. Now, I know we're in that weird week in between Christmas and the New Year where you're still eating the leftovers and eyeing up what you're going to do with the, the last of the chocolate and the cream and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to talk for a moment about being healthy. And I'm joined now in studio by Deirdre Cullen, who is a senior statistician at the CSO, to talk about the Irish Health Survey that was done and have a look at some of the determinants of our health that they've gathered over the past year. Dear, dear, very welcome to High Noon. Thanks very much, Kira. First things, I'm quite interested in this. How did you get these figures? Like, where do they come from? How do you drill down and find out things like how much alcohol, for example, people are drinking? So the CSO conducts a regular household survey called the Quarterly National Household Survey, whereby we survey about 25,000 households every quarter. And as part of a module on that throughout um, uh, 2015, so from quarter four 2014 right through to quarter four 2015, we asked a series of questions on people's health. Okay. Their usage of health, how they felt about their health, their disability status, and then the health determinants, as you say, such as alcohol, smoking, exercise, eating fruit. Are you able to plot trends in this as well? Are we seeing, are we drinking more or drinking less? Let, 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 let's take the big ones that we may have indulged in over Christmas, for example. Yeah. Where are we at with alcohol? So so 81% of us in the survey admitted to drinking alcohol, which to me was a bit surprising that one in five of us don't drink yeah. at all. So these are people aged 15 and over. So presumably the 15 to 18 year olds aren't admitting it, even if they are drinking. And then elderly people drink very little. But Four out of five of us admit to drinking alcohol. 58% of us drink at least once a week, um, of which 16% of us binge drink every week. And a binge binge drinking is six or more alcoholic drinks in a single setting. So I guess that's just over half a bottle of wine, isn't it? So if you're drinking a whole bottle of wine, that's binge drinking. And 16% of us are doing that every week. And 23% of us admitted to doing it once a month. But you see, I think a lot of us wouldn't regard six drinks as a binge. Because uh, do, do bear in mind six six units rather than six drinks. So, so oh, I three, would use those words interchangeably. Yeah. Except for a pint is two units. So for those, I of you, think I think this is by drinks is is they're using the word drink for unit. Six yeah. units, which is three pints, is a binge. I think lots of Irish people would not regard that as a binge. The this other thing is, is I'm always fascinated by this because I do have a bit of a bugbear about alcohol, but I'm always fascinated about 16% of us admit to binging. Yet we know from other studies that 75% of all alcohol in this country is consumed in a binge. So those two figures don't actually tally at all when you think about it like that. So we produced the results by affluent and disadvantaged areas as well using a deprivation index that was compiled using census data actually, which is my area of speciality. And in affluent areas the binge drinking would be 15% and in the disadvantaged areas 20% so it is more prevalent among more in the more disadvantaged areas or maybe disadvantaged people admit to it more readily yeah that that could be it as I, well I, yeah. I would I would suggest that people in, in, in leafy fox rock who are who are chugging back a bottle of wine might not be viewing that as binging at all where are we at with smoking for example 15% of us are smoking um, every that's day that's a huge improvement before the smoking ban, 29% of us, and then it fell, fell. Well, to be honest, that, that was just before the smoking ban. It used to be much, much higher. Loads of people, about 40, 50% of us okay. used to smoke in the 70s. There's, there's another 7% smoke, but not every day, social which is smokers. a strange one. Yes, yeah, social smokers. Yeah, so that takes us up to 22% then of people are smoking at all. 
which is one in five of us, it's, it seems quite high to me, you know, because it's, it's so socially kind of. It is, but <coughs> it, it, we are still moving in the right direction all the time on that. So that, that that's actually really that's, good. That's a good thing. How, did, how did people rate themselves as obese or otherwise? You have obesity here as a stat, but how, how do people? I think it was done on the body mass index. So so they were able to calculate their body mass were, index. Yeah, they were able to calculate their body mass index. And where do we and, stand with that? Um, well, 41% of males are overweight and another 20% are obese. So 60% are overweight or obese. Among females, it's uh, 30% overweight and another 16% obese. So 46%. And it's funny because um, we're led to believe through the media and, and if you like societal pressure that weight is a feminist issue or fat is a feminist issue, they used to say. And yet it's clearly more of a problem among men than women. It really is. The only thing in fairness to the to the poor fellas is his BMI is very hard on men I don't know if you know that because their musculature is different than us so so it, we're, we're it's easier for them to hit those targets yes, you're saying you know I yeah. would I would often sort of say to people who, who are, are men and, and are now in the overweight category and their BMI is up around 26 so they're barely overweight but they are a bit overweight that they're not probably overweight at all because it, it is harder on men than on women because they weigh they're denser than us their muscle okay. it weighs more we're we're just fat, really. To be honest. It's only the odd woman is very muscly and, 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 and that weighs a little bit different. Yeah. So that's hard. But that's still a huge amount of us. It's a huge that's amount of us. half the population it's now the is, population is overweight is or fat. Yeah, which is, it's not good. Sure, it's not. I mean, we, we well, need to not. get those fizzy drinks off the shelves. Sorry, that's my bugbear. No, no, but, but, no, no, I'm glad you said that because you're exactly right because that's one source of total dead calories. I mean, something like 16 spoons of sugar in a fizzy drink. What's the, what, what, for what? I remember making lemonade years ago in Australia and I made lemon cordial and yeah, I yeah. boiled up three lemons and um, I had to put like 10 heaped spoons, like... To tablespoons to of sugar into the it. lemon, and then throughout the day, I drank the bottle of cordial because you're mixing it with water, and it was really refreshing. And then at the end of the day, I realised how much sugar I'd consumed. It was quite shocking. Ta- talk to me a little bit about the exercise because that's a key thing. Okay, yeah, moving so more. Eighty-six percent of us admit to walking somewhere. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> well, I, I suppose some people probably don't walk at all. You know, it's into the car, drive to the office, or drive to work, yeah. whatever. So fifteen percent of us aren't walking now. You know, everybody's in this, including the elderly. So Presumably some people can't walk and just under 50 percent of us um, take some sort of physical exercise or participate in a sport. But half of us aren't. Um, Now, I remember when we were looking at putting um, these type of questions on the census form and we were discussing it among an expert group. And it was, do you participate in exercise at least for 15 minutes, at least three times a day and these kind of measures. And at the time I had three young children. And I had no time for that, but I never sat down. So I objected to that kind of measure because a lot of people are moving all day long. And, you know, particularly women in the home, they never sit down. They're constantly cooking, cleaning, shopping. So I don't know in that 50 percent. That's quite specific about sport and physical exercise rather than just being physically active throughout our daily lives. And you're absolutely right because being physically active is much more important. It doesn't matter if you put on a bit of lycra and and, and you jog down to the shops or if you're actually just running up and down stairs four times a day because you're picking up socks. It doesn't actually matter what it is you're doing. It's about the activity. It's it's a physical activity and it's it's good good for you. (laughs) Donal O'Shea from the Obesity Clinic in Lachlanstown would say that we should all be moving and it doesn't matter what kind of movement it is, moving for 90 minutes a day. 
And it doesn't matter if that's just getting up to change the channel on the telly or if it's getting up to make a cup of tea or it doesn't really matter going to the bathroom. It doesn't really matter what it is, but you need to be in motion in some way for about 90 minutes a day. And didn't Michael Mosley show even, you know, if you're making, all our phones are mobile now. So if you're making a phone call, walk around while you're talking on the phone and the whole idea, just keep moving. There's a great, there's a great, for anyone who's interested in exercise, there is a great uh, um, video you can look at on YouTube called 23 and a half hours a day. And it's like, it's okay to be sedentary for 23 and a half hours a day, provided half an hour. You, you, you know you, you tear the life out of it and you run around um, other very interesting things here close to my own heart uh, GP visits I suspect they've gone up where, where are we at with GP visits well I was told that, that you would <laughs> be interested in this one 74% of us have seen our GP within the past year that's, yep. that's okay three quarters um, of the population yeah 80% of women and 67% of men but our average number of visits per year is 6.2 yep. which looks very very high to me I, I, I find that quite strange Did and you see among women it's 7.3 in, in general practice land we would say that medical card patients would hit those kinds of numbers that, but that private patients might only come twice a year because of the, the, the barrier because you're paying because you're paying yes yeah. and obviously that that would fall more or less into that kind of privileged and deprived area yep. kind of thing. So so it is interesting. Those figures are on our website as part of the Irish Health Survey. You can, you can go and have a look. You, you give us the website there. Uh, CSO.ie. CSO. Irish Health if, if, you, if you're interested, you can do that. What about prescription medicines? What's going on there? Um, 44% of us had taken prescription medicines in the previous two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. That seems nuts. It seems very high, doesn't it? And yeah. I had a chat with the statistician who, who put these numbers together before I came on air. I said, that looks very high. I said, you mean if I look around the office, half nearly us. half of us have been on a prescription medicine in the last two weeks. I, now, this was a self-completed questionnaire and it's possible people had it in front of them for three and four weeks. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but it does look very high. And among disadvantaged areas, so I do have this one, um, a 51%. Okay. So a bit do, higher there. Do you know what that's probably reflecting there? Because as you say, there's elderly people in this and the majority of elderly people are on a prescription something, medication, be it yeah. paracetamol for pain or be it something for their blood pressure or very run-of-the-mill sorts of stuff. But the majority are on something. So and I so they probably skew that a little bit. Yeah, the rest of us with, just go with the lipitors as well. I suppose so many of us are on that or maybe for blood pressure. You're right. So it's possible, you know. It still seems like a lot, doesn't it? Once, once you hit 55 or 60 years of age, you're on something every day. What yeah. kind of level of disability are we seeing out? there in these statistics I do I have those numbers in front of me I don't don't don't, okay, don't, I, don't worry oh, hang on now I have health status so 83% of us reckon our health is good or very good which is great um, which is fantastic um, a third of us have a long standing illness Okay. So, but that could be now long-standing. It has to have been um, around for six months or more. But that could be uh, your asthma, your high blood pressure, and yeah. um, maybe a bit of eczema or a bit of a, sting, a skin condition. Oh, I have the disability here. I just see it now. Twelve percent of us are, are disabled. That's okay. And, and that's a measure now that's done by your ability uh, to do things rather than I have asthma, therefore I'm disabled. It's it's measured yeah. in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So twelve percent of us have Does identified as being learning disabilities or just physical disabilities or as all. No, that will be all disabilities. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and we measure that on the census as well. We we do the different conditions, psychological, emotional, and physical. That and, seems quite yeah. high, doesn't it? That's I mean, twelve percent is one in eight of us have some form of a disability, be it learning disability or otherwise. Yeah, but I think as we get elderly, as you say, the vast majority of us have something. Do you have the figures? Because I see them here, and I think it's quite interesting too. Psychiatric visits. Do we have figures for those? I do. Um, a psychiatr- psychiatrist, psychologist, or psychotherapist visit in the last twelve months. 6% of us okay. but 10% among those aged 15 to 24 
which is possibly a good thing because it means oh, maybe people it. are seeking help if but they need still it. still one yeah. in ten of our, our young adults or adolescents is attending a psychotherapist or a counsellor or a psychiatrist. Or has or done in the previous 12 months. That yeah. seems high too. Yeah, I, no, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not asking you to tell me why or yeah. anything, but that does seem like a lot. Eight percent of us have reported moderate uh, depression. Um, yeah, within the last the previous two weeks, um, and that's higher in in disadvantaged areas. Thirteen percent in disadvantaged areas, and that was measured on some scale, some health determinant scale. There are lots of scales. For yeah, that, 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 so it's, it's not that depression. hard to measure depression. And then finally, then well, I think we, we might be getting towards the end. Absenteeism from work. So, of course, this is a big challenge for employers and, you know, absenteeism. And um, a quarter of us has taken sick leave within the previous 12 months, 24 percent okay. of us. But the average number of days lost was 5.6, which is quite high. I, I would think 5.6 you know, in a year or yeah, in, in the previous 12 months. And among disabled people, that was 19 days lost. So disabled, th- these would be disabled people at work. Yeah, yeah. Be far more. Um, well, their health would be more vulnerable, quite their clearly. Health w- you know, would they would have they would have different issues. I mean, if, you, if you're, for example, if you are, are in a wheelchair, for example, you're going to get chest infections and all much more than other people. So so you'd, you'd have all that going on. Five point. I don't know that I think five point six days is a lot. I mean, that's uh, it's one week in a year where you're not well. I mean, most people will have a banging chest infection or something once a year, won't they? Gee. I have the top three health conditions that we suffer from. And the top one is lower back pain. Yeah. If one in five of us suffer from lower back pain. Um, high blood pressure is the second most common and allergies is the third most common. So they're they're almost ubiquitous, I'd say, between the three of them. Um, the, what, the commonest cause for people being missing work at the moment now is stress. That's what goes written on most uh, medical certs. Goodness me. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Um, but anyway, so so look, that's that's given us quite the snapshot, I would suggest, Deirdre, of the kind of health of the nation. So thank you so much for coming in in between your Christmas and your New Year uh, to tell us what's going on in terms of our health. That is, of course, Deirdre Cullen, who's a senior statistician, it's very hard to say, in the CSO, telling us all about the Irish Health Survey. Thank you very much. Thank you.